0: If you didn't know, Caitlin, my administrative assistant, is out of the office. That's why we don't have all the stuff we need. Um, But uh, we miss you, Caitlin. She got married this last weekend and uh, all that stuff. All right. Good evening. My name is Scott. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery for sex addiction and compulsive overeating. Hey, I am glad that we're here. Tonight, we're talking about hope. And hope is huge, because you get into recovery, and you take your head out of the sand, and you realize that you're in denial, and you realize that this addiction may be more than you actually think it actually was. It's affected more people in your life, it's hurt more and more people, and it's devastated your own life. And so, um, I was down at the Celebrate Recovery Summit, and one of the speakers there was using an illustration about Mount Everest, and I went, that is awesome. So tonight, I'm using an illustration about Mount Everest. And uh, let's take a, let's, that is our addiction. We are at the base, we are at level, we are at like sea level, that's zero feet above water. And that is Mount Everest. Those, that's, a, that's huge. And that's our addiction for many of us, and we don't know even where to start. Some of us in this room are like frozen and we don't know what to do. And others in this room just look at the mountain and start running up it. (laughs) I don't know which is better but we gotta figure something out and that's tough. But if you look at this one right here, it tells you the different levels. There's there's different camps on the way up to the summit. There's a camp at 19,000 feet, at 21,000 feet, at 23.5 thousand feet. Base Camp 4 is at 26,000 feet, and the summit is 28, that's the south summit, sorry. The main summit is at 29,000 feet above sea level. And if it doesn't show it up there, but as you start to climb this mountain, there's a point in elevation where you literally hit the death zone. That means that you don't have the oxygen That you need, your body is getting about a third of the oxygen that it needs, and your lungs start to fill up with fluid, and you die. So since they started hiking Mount Everest in 1922, there's been over 300 deaths on that mountain now you go, well, that's not that many. That's been quite a few years. That's 100 years. That's not too bad. That's only like three to a year maybe if we're talking right now, right? That's not too bad. But here's the deal. When they first started, it was only a small group of people. And then now there's, they're giving away 600, 700 permits to climb Mount Everest a year. And the, the death is crazy. But why do people die on this mountain? <coughs> Why do people die? Well, 35% of them die because of falls. They're climbing and they fall. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but if I saw a ravine, if I saw a big gap, and I looked down and I couldn't see the bottom, and they go, hey, just walk across this ladder, I I don't know if I'd be able to do it. (laughs) Like, I'm a big dude, like... When did we decide this is the best way for us to do that? And that's absolutely crazy, that's insane, but there's lots of different falls that happen. One of the first deaths recorded on Mount Everest was a fall. It was a guy that had climbed and got to the summit twice, and then uh, he's dead up there. And unfortunately, up there on the mountain, they just leave the bodies. And so he, uh, he ended up dying, and now what is exposed of him is his back and his arms and one of his legs. And uh, he is known to be the oldest death on the mountain, and it was because of it. he fell. And uh, that's huge. Well, as you start to climb up, I'm going to get to that one. Go back. Um, as you start to climb up this mountain, you need something very, very important. And this is what they call a sherpa. A Sherpa is somebody who is a guide. Recovery, we may call them sponsors. This is somebody who has walked before us, who has done the journey, who has climbed the mountain, who is reaching the top of the summit and is helping us guide and direct and navigate through those things. That's holding our hands as we walk over that ladder. Who's helping us climb the face of the mountain, who's helping us do those things. I'm not... A mountain climber, by the way, I don't know if you can tell that or not. I am not a mountain climber. Gravity doesn't work in my favor in those things. Um, There's some of you that may be mountain climbers, and you're going to come to me afterwards and go, Scott, you totally messed up that illustration. It's okay. Believe me. I understand. Just chalk it up to my um, idea that I don't know what I'm doing. Um, But one of the deaths that happened up there was a guy by the name of David Sharp. David Sharp decided he wasn't gonna go up with this Sherpa, he wasn't gonna go up with this large group of people. What he was gonna do, he was gonna hire one or two guys and they were gonna get him to base camp and they got him to one of the higher base camps and they basically said from there, it's just gonna be kind of a loose group travel. You just now from here, you just climb the rest of the way. Bye, have fun. And he starts heading up this hill. Well, it started a huge controversy because as he's climbing up this hill, he wasn't part of a group and people kept passing him by and they kept seeing him struggle. They saw him sitting down, they saw him trying to hide and he ended up dying up there on the mountain because of his refusal to get help, his refusal to ask others to want to do it on his own. Have you ever met somebody in recovery that wants to do it on their own? They don't want the help that we have to offer. They don't want what we got. They're gonna make it on their own. I got this. I'm good, bro. I can handle this. Well, that was unfortunately David Sharp's demise, and he ended up passing away. Hannah Lore Schmatz is the best way I can pronounce that name. One of the first women to die on the mountain. And uh, she died, she got to the summit. And she had her oxygen with her, and she started taking pictures. And she got so caught up in the view, she got so caught up in taking pictures and videos and the amazement of it all, that she started to run out of the oxygen. She didn't have enough to make it back to camp, and she ended up dying. Sometimes in our recovery, we get caught up in this idea, and I don't know if you play old tapes in your mind, But I know the early early days of my recovery, I used to replay old tapes in my mind and I used to reminisce and I used to enjoy the idea of still using, although I wasn't. And that was detrimental for her. She got caught up in that aspect and she ended up dying. Oh, sorry, that was Shriya Shaha chlorifying. That was who died of that. She stopped to take pictures. You replay and enjoy the memories. Honolore Smotz, the first German woman to die, she didn't take the advice of her Sherpa. How many of you guys um, are sponsors out there? And how many of you have a sponsee that ignores your suggestions? <laughs> Don't raise your hands. <laughs> it was rhetorical. I know, it happens. Well, this person was told, hey, don't set up camp in the death zone. That's probably, you're dying, don't set up camp. And so she went up there, and she ended up setting up camp in the death zone. So she, her whole body started to shut down. And so she starts, after getting to the summit, she sets up camp, she does that camp, she makes it through the night. The next day, she gets up, and she starts to walk to base camp. And she's getting there, but she's, dies 330 feet away from base camp because of exhaustion. Because simply, exhaustion, she couldn't run the race, she didn't listen, she got burnt out, she got spun out, she couldn't handle it, and she ended up dying by not taking the advice. 22% of deaths that have happened on the mountain have been because of exhaustion like that. 18% have happened because of altitude illness and 13% because of exposure. Well, there's a picture that we we showed a minute ago, but let me put this back up there. That is a famous death because death and bodies are just littered along the way is that is what they call sleeping beauty. That is one of the ladies who was hiking up the mountain, her and her husband, and she got separated and she ended up dying and being frozen there and that's where she laid to rest. Now, since then, her body has been removed, things like that, but uh, that's one of them. There's another one I'm gonna show you right here. This is probably the most famous, and this one is called Green Boots because he's got green boots on. Um, It's pretty obvious on that, but he was uh, an Indian hiker and was hiking up there and ended up trying to climb in this little area and ended up, dying there along his journey there's lots of reasons in our recovery why we, it doesn't work there's lots of things that we struggle with and for some of us it's a relapse that causes us to fall we've known a lot of people that have been in these rooms and they went out and used that one more time and it ended up being their last For others, it's been pure exhaustion. They're tired and exhausted of fighting it. They don't know how to forgive, and so they're holding on to this resentment, and they don't know how to deal with it, and it just exhausts them until they quit. There's others that are battling it back and forth, and back and forth, their addiction, and they won't fully let go, and they kind of want to do things on their own, and they just get exhausted by the back and forth, and they end up dying in their recovery. There's others that have been just dealing with the altitude sickness, the altitude issues. They didn't take their time. They ran the race too fast. They saw Mount Everest, and they sprinted up it. And they just went too fast. How, how long does it take to go through a step steady? A year? Okay, no, I'm gonna do this other thing. And we just go through it. How long does it take to get through 12 steps? That's simple, right? Just real quick, right? There's a message that I will teach and that I do teach called backroads, taking it slow. And the last 13% was was simply by exposure of us just being exposed and just the devastation that our addiction has played on our bodies. But tonight we are talking about hope. You're like, great, Scott. You did a great job giving us hope through that first illustration. Awesome. There's death everywhere. Thanks. Yeah, there is hope. Well, the H starts with this. It's our higher power. Higher power, I know out in secular programs they don't tell you who to choose on that and we don't dictate to that, that to you either. One of the things that we do say is our higher power is Jesus Christ. That's who our higher power is and that's who I believe should be your higher power. And it's this idea when we find hope it's when we actually realize there is a higher power out there greater than ourselves that could restore us to sanity. And this verse out of Romans eleven thirty six 36 says this, everything comes from God alone. Everything lives by his power. Everything comes from God. All the good things, all the things you got, the fact you got a chair to sit, all that stuff comes from God alone. And everything lives by his power. The fact that you're able to sit in this room and breathe is because of God. It's because the higher power because he created the universe. He created the laws of nature. He created those things that allows you to breathe without even thinking, allows your heart to beat without you going, that would be sore. Um, But here's the thing, we can't do this alone. (laughs) You can't hike this addiction alone. You need help. You need help and sometimes we need the help of oxygen. Sometimes we need the oxygen when we get up to that death zone and we can't breathe on our own. We have to actually tap into the source and attach that oxygen tank to our lives and that is Jesus Christ so that we can breathe and so that we can live so we can continue to follow after him and to continue to find victory in our addiction. He is that oxygen tank for us. We don't want to be like David Sharp who ended up dying because he wouldn't take the help of other people. He thought he could do it all on his own and he wanted to do it his own way. I'll do it my way, right? You know that song? Some of the younger generation are like, what in the world was that? Um, I don't know, but it just came out, so sorry. Um, Are you willing to ask for help? Are you willing to seek the help from God? Your higher power. There's a TV show that's out, and I watched it years and years ago. Um, it's called Community, but basically, we need Jesus. We need Jesus, and there should be a little image of that up there. But you, might, yes, you need Jesus. Y'all need Jesus, <laughs> all right? To put it in a southern accent, y'all need Jesus. That was one of the lines that cracked me up in that movie, or in that TV show. People were acting up, and man, we need Jesus. We seriously do. Well, the H is higher power. The O is openness to change. That we would be open to change. So many of us come through these doors with loaded guns, figuratively, not literally. But we come in the doors, and we've got our preconceived idea of what a 12-step is. We've got our preconceived notion of what church is. We've got a preconceived idea of what a pastor should be and shouldn't be. Exactly, right? We have to be open to those things, and not only that, but we have to be open that there would be change in our life. See, in Ephesians chapter four, verse 22 through 24, this is what it says. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That we, we would put off our old self and put on the new self of Christ. And through that, that we would be open to the change that that's going to have in our life. And I hope that you are open to that. When you hit the different base camps on this track, there's usually about a 40 to 60 Day period of time that you have to acclimate to the elevation and to the air and to all those things. And when you begin come into recovery, there is an acclimation period of time. You have to be ready and acclimate to what is recovery. You will hear phrases such as 90 meetings, 90 days. We may need that. We may need to have to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. Because we need that, because we have to change. And some of you are like, that's a lot. Oh, really? How many days in a row did you drink? How many days in a row did you use drugs? How many days in a row did you use porn? How many days in a row did you try to control other people? How many days in a row did you let that anger burn inside of you? 90 meetings, 90 days. You'll also hear, make your three phone calls a day. call people, call the people in the rooms, call somebody, use your phone, pick that phone up, text them, I got a guy right now who's in the beginning stages and I just have him text me. I go, text me for the, every day for the next 30 days. I may or may not respond. And if you ask this guy, there's many days I haven't responded to him. I just like, thumbs up, or better yet, nothing. And, um, but at the end of those 30 days, there's gonna be another level. And we continue to acclimate, get ready for it, be used to it. We do those things to start to change our life because when we're calling our accountability partners, we're not calling our dealers and we need to call the people that matter. Get into our group. See, people, when they hike alone, they die. When people hike in groups, they succeed and they reach the summit. Get in the groups, go to open share group, be with people who have like experiences, who have walked the road before you and can show you how to do it. As you climb that mountain, there's these certain parts where there's just this rope that you attach your carabiner to and you just follow it and you go to the the, the, road, the, the the steel bar that's holding it up and you unclick it and you click on the other side and then you walk to the next one and you unclick and then you click and then you walk and then you unclick and you click and you walk so you can make it up the hill and you need to attach to the same rope as other people that are dealing with the same issue. You guys have the same goal. Let them help you. Let them be a part of your group that gets to the summit. Do it together. The P is this, is the power to change. Not only do we have our higher power, not only are we open to change, but we actually have that power to change. I believe it was said at the end of the 12-step reading, Philippians chapter four, verse 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That doesn't mean I can be like our guitar player up here and bench 500 pounds, like George. I'm not gonna be able to go out there and just because of Christ be able to bench 500. I ain't gonna be able to do it. I will crush my chest and die. But what it does mean is that I can do all things. When life hands me those difficult times, when the world around me is crumbling, that God will give me the strength to make it through those difficult times. Unfortunately, today I found out about one of my friends that just got arrested. And I think about his family who is just going through a difficult time. The revelation of that, the exposure of that sin in his life and how it's gonna devastate and change his life forever. But through Christ, he will give that family strength to make it through that time, to make it through that devastation. He gives us that power to change. Again, it's that idea of connecting to that oxygen because without it, failure doubles. Death, those that climb, there's still some that climb without oxygen, but the death rate is twice the risk. You might be able to go out of these rooms and find healing and God would remove your compulsion to use and that will be awesome for you, but the chances of you relapsing and falling back into your addiction is way worse. Climbing that ladder is way worse without help, without that power It doubles. They say this, those that are wanting true healing, you know, you go into recovery and there's a 33% chance of you finding victory over your addiction. If you just go to counseling, there's about a 33% chance of you finding uh, recovery and, and finding healing from it. If you do both, your chances go up to about 72%. Those are pretty stinking good odds. We need that power to change. God gives us that power to change. The group helps sustain us, helps encourage us, helps give us that power to change. We go to group, we share our experience, strength, and hope so that way the guy behind us can follow us. Mac Owens was telling a story about a guy who was climbing Mount Everest and They were exhausted and they were attached to one of these ropes and this guy was sitting down next to him and he's sitting down and he's waiting for this dude to move and he won't move and so he's like, dude, are you gonna move? He's not moving and he just finally unclips and goes around him and clips on the other side and and continues on up and what happened is he realized his buddy that was sitting next to him was actually dead that we need the groups we need people around us to understand where we're at that we are open and honest with how we're actually doing don't fake it be open and honest with where you're at and we can do that when we find a good group of people that we can trust the men that just read their steps their 12 steps went through a step study together creating a bond that will never be broken the women that get up here and share their stuff because they've walked that road. We need those groups. The sponsor helps guide us to that power. I just flew to Boston and flew back and I'm not saying I did or did not pay attention, but I know at the beginning of every flight, there's this thing that the uh, flight attendants, I use the proper term, um, they drop down from the top and it's a mask. And what do they always tell you? Secure your mask and secure those next to you, Right? We have to be able to secure our mask and if we're struggling, we gotta notice and help the other people secure their masks and that's what our sponsor does. If you don't have a sponsor, you need to get a sponsor. The E is this, not only is it power to change, but is expect to change. Expect your life to radically change. When you go from drinking, when you go from drugging, when you go from... Uh, womanizing, when you go from those things and you change your life and stop doing those things, your life drastically changes. It won't be the same again. And expect that to happen. Scripture talks about the fact that no king just goes out to battle without counting the cost. No homeowner, when building a house, will just build this house without counting the cost. We have to expect to change. We don't climb this mountain of recovery expecting, well, I'm gonna relapse. Well, I'm gonna relapse. Well, I'm gonna relapse. Now, I understand it's part, sometimes can be part of recovery, but that we don't expect that. We expect to get to the top. Not almost there, but I'm not quite, so I'm gonna go back down. Expect to change. Expect to reach that summit. Philippians chapter one, verse six says this. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That God is continuing to work in you and will continue to work in you as long as you are alive. Even when you are ignoring God and you have turned and you have decided to go a different direction, he will not let you go. He will nag you. He will continue to make sure that he draws you back to him. He will chase you. He will send his spirit to reveal to you when you need to come back. But expect to reach that summit. Expect to find freedom from your addiction. Expect to find victory. Expect to get to the top like that gentleman is on the summit, raising his pickaxe and saying, I did it, but I did it with God. I did it with my higher power. It's there that we find hope. We don't find hope in ourselves because, you know what? If I put all my trust in me, guess what? I brought myself into this room. But I put hope and I put trust in Jesus Christ. And it's there that I find victory. There I can reach up and get to the summit. You don't have to continue to do your old ways It's not like you're Paul and it's just your thorn in the flesh and so you've resigned yourself to continue to drink or drug or whatever it is you do or control people. There is change. There is hope and as we continue this journey, as we step out of denial and we start to look at the fact that we're powerless and we are going, whoa. We can find hope in Jesus Christ. And maybe you know who that is but maybe you're sitting in this room And you don't know who that is. Well, I'm glad you're here. If you want to know who that is, I'd love to talk to you. There's other people that I would love to talk to. Your facilitator would love to talk to you. But keep coming back because we're going to continue to explain who Jesus Christ is and who your higher power is. Next week, we got a testimony. And and a week after that, we have Lou Giglio's video about God, how big he is and how, how much he cares about you and loves you. We're going to continue our journey as we walk through these steps to hopefully that we would one day be able to surrender our life and our will over to his care. So, why don't you guys stand with me and we'll close our time in the serenity prayer? Oh, here's the focus question as you guys stand What do you believe about God and what things are you ready to change in your life? Kind of a big question, two questions. See, it's not just one. So, those of you like, I hate the fact I only got one question. You got two tonight. Look how awesome that is. So two questions, what do you believe about God and what things are you ready to give over? What things are you ready to change? So let's say the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life, and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. 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 First time guest right across the hallway, second time guests right up front. The rest of you guys will see you after group at Dessert.